Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Welcome again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of The Zero Hour. This episode stars Dick Sargent. Dick Sargent is probably best known as being the second Darren on Bewitched. He took over for actor Dick York, who's back had had problems for years and just could not do the uh, daily work necessary on Bewitched. And so they switched to actor Dick York, and he did a solid job with that. Dick York had uh, been acting on television since 1954. He had a couple series that each ran for about a year, and then uh, he'd appeared on multiple, multiple shows, and then uh, been on Bewitched. And he stopped doing Bewitched in 1972. It was canceled. And so this is a couple of years after that. He would continue acting pretty much up until his death in 1994. Uh, he was 64 years old. And I was surprised he was so young at his death. And the fact that he just seemed to have been around for so long, I would have thought he was older than that. So he'd been acting on television since at least his 20s. And, uh, been in, you'll see him pop up in any shows you watch. Marcus Welby, MD, Adam 12, uh, Columbo, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, um, Love American Style. I mean, he was just all over the place doing, uh, guest stars. Um, anyway, without further ado, here is Dick Sargent in Zero Hour. Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall Taylor's story of a mysterious death. Some people die only once. Starring Dick Sargent. In a mutual broadcasting system presentation of The Zero Hour. Brought to you by Dial Soap, Monroe Shock Absorbers, Campophonique, the makers of Kodak cameras, and Breck Shampoo. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. tell you gold formula breck is the only leading shampoo that isn't mostly detergent we're not putting you on but because so many people have written to thank us for breck we decided to put some of them on nancy michalowski of justice illinois you're on dear breck whenever i wash my hair with breck the next day at school kids ask me what kind of shampoo do you use because it is real shiny i like your product very much thank you gold formula breck it has far less detergent, far more natural ingredients than any leading shampoo. And that's no put-on. And here's something else that's no put-on. Right now, the Breck people have a very special offer for you. Because right now, it's Breck season. The sun and wind and water season when you depend on Breck protection for your hair. So to help you stock up, Breck will give you a $2 refund when you buy any three different Breck products. For details on how to get your $2 refund, just look for the colorful Breck season display at participating stores. There you'll find every 
everything you need to keep your hair looking great all Breck season long. Offer void where prohibited by law. The city is a large one, and the evidence of its continuing growth is all too familiar. Elegant old townhouses of towering shafts of steel and glass and concrete. Only a few things still defy change. Things like aging small houses, the corner pharmacy, a storefront undertaking establishment, and Sam Posen's delicatessen, in whose fragrant interior all men are equal and drooling. There, young and old, rich and penny-saving, rub elbows. Today, Sam has been worrying about something, something he wants to talk over with one of his favorite customers, Doug Mayo, a newspaper reporter. Doug! Doug, my good friend. Oh, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so am I. Mm, it smells good. Yeah, but why so happy to see me all of a sudden? I'm worried, and I think you should know what the worry is. Oh, I think I should, too, if you say so. Come, let's go to the back of the store. It's better no one sticks a schnauz yet in what worry I tell you about. <laughs> okay, Sam. Now, what is it? I'm worried about a customer of mine. A very nice old lady. She hasn't missed coming to the store in ten, maybe eleven years. Today she missed. One day? Yesterday she missed. The day before that she missed. Three days, Doug. I, it ain't kosher. Well, maybe she's sick. You got the flu or something. You're a newspaper man. Remember reading in the paper a couple years ago about two old ladies who wouldn't let the building inspectors into that old house? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. They were uh, threatening condemnation proceedings or something. Mm. Uh, my customer and the other old lady they wrote about are sisters. Now, they still live in that old place. And nobody else ever goes in it. That's why I'm worried. If they are sick, they could die in there without anyone knowing. Well, why not have the police check in on it? To tell you the truth, Doug, the cops in this neighborhood are nice. But a uniform's a uniform. And I know that those two old ladies need cops poking their schnozzes into their business like I need a laughing cop. Oh, please, Doug, see what you can find out. Okay, Sam. What are the names? Where do they live? The address I know by heart. Here, I'll write it down for you. Their names are Marie. Uh, she's the one who's been such a steady customer. And Ella Stockton. Here, maybe you could go there now. Uh, be right with you, Mrs. Kelly. But, Sam... Please, I... Doug. You should do this for me. Schnell. But, Sam, I, I came in for a pastrami on rye. I haven't had lunch yet. Oh, excuse me, Doug. I didn't give you a chance to... Uh, I'll make you want to go. Uh, be right there, Mrs. Kelly. Uh, and, Doug, just so your time shouldn't be a total loss. I won't charge you for the sandwich. I'll say one thing, Sam. The price is right. The house was just a couple of blocks away, so I walked over. I'd seen it before, but had never paid any attention to it. It was an old brownstone, large and imposing, that had undoubtedly been elegant in its heyday. Now it was shabby, and the soot-tarnished brick ledges made the windows look like staring eyes with gaunt shadows beneath them. The windows that weren't boarded up, that is. I went to the front door and right away discovered the bell wouldn't work. Receiving no answer, it was my turn to worry. Maybe Sam was right. I tried the knob. I stood there for a long moment while my eyes adjusted to the cobwebbed gloom. Hey, hello? Be anybody home? Hello? Hello? Is that you, Emma? 
Sam. It's me. Uh, may I come in? Oh, I thought it was my sister returning. Who are you? I'm a friend of Mr. Posen's. My name is Doug Mayo. How do you? I'm Marie Stockton. Why are you here? You shouldn't be here, you know. Ella will be angry. Uh, is Ella your sister? Yes. She's not here? No, she went out on the errand. I'm rather worried about her, too. She's been gone such a long time. How long? Two days, I think. No, almost three. Forgive me. Sometimes it's hard to think. Where'd she go? Why, she went to... Uh, oh, oh, my. I, I, I can't remember where she... Uh, uh, oh, yes, I know. It, it, it was about money. She's my younger sister and I take care of her. I go every day and do the shopping, but one day I had no money, and she went out to see about getting some. Where would you get the money? Well, some man who takes care of it for us. You mean like a lawyer or a business advisor? Uh, yes, yes, that's it. I... Oh, oh, my. What's the matter? Uh, nothing. I, I, I just feel... Oh, Miss Stockton, uh, tell uh, me, have you had anything to eat since your sister left? No. Well, we'll soon take care of that. Where's your telephone? Oh, we haven't had any need for a telephone for years. Oh, I'll go out and get you something. First, though, do you know the name of the man who handles your affairs? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, oh, wait. I just happened to remember something. Ella wrote out a card a long time ago. I carry it to the store whenever I go, just in case of an emergency. It's over there on the table. Is this it? I can't see from here. Read it. In case of accident, please notify William Milstead, 14th floor tower building. That's it. That's who she went to see, Mr. Milstead. Oh, Miss Stockton, I'm going to visit Mr. Milstead. He may know something about your sister, and well, don't you worry. First of all, I'm going to Sam Posen's place and have him send over a good meal. Oh, thank you so much. Goodbye, Miss Stockton. Goodbye, young man. <laughs> Glad is what happens when you use Dial Soap. It starts right out with a clean, fresh scent that's like nothing else. To get you going clean and fresh. Dial washes away the cause of odor on your skin. You just can't buy a better deodorant soap than Dial. And that's saying something. Sam Posen for a good meal, which he promptly delivered to the old girl, along with his own donation of canned goods, sliced meats, and cheeses, in a typical Posen gesture of compassion. From the delicatessen, I went directly to Milstead's office in the tower building. I presented my card to the receptionist. I don't know whether Milstead was hoping for some good publicity or what, 
but he had me sent into his office immediately. Have a chair, Mr. Mayo. Thank you. Well, I see you with the Daily News. Well, what can I do for you? Well, I'm not after a uh, story or a column, Mr. Milstead. I'm after information. If I could be of any help. Well, I've just come from the home of Marie Stockton. I believe you know her? Oh, yes, I handle her estate. Uh, she's not ill, I hope. No. She's concerned about her sister, and I promised to be of help if I could. It seems she's been missing for nearly three days. Her sister? Ella Stockton. Hmm. That's very interesting. Interesting? Uh, tell me, Mr. Mayo, did you notice anything unusual about Marie's behavior? A vagueness, a tendency to become bewildered, or anything like that? Well, she did have difficulty recalling things. Uh-huh. I'll wager she had trouble even remembering my name. As a matter of fact, she did, but what's that got to do with the disappearance of her sister? A great deal. Mr. Mayo, Marie Stockton indulges in flights of fancy. You mean her sister's not missing? Not literally. You see, she's in Northside Cemetery. She died in 1960. Milstead's statement had me puzzled. It also had my nose for news, sniffing the breeze. So I went out to the Northside Cemetery and checked. Mr. Tracy, from the cemetery's records office, accompanied me to the Stockton family mausoleum. This is what you're looking for, Mr. Mayo. The coffin marker reads, Ella Stockton, born January 10th, 1921, died December 25th, 1960. That seems final enough. And uh, this is her husband's resting place. Husband? Yes, Robert Blythe, born March 20th, 1917, died December 25th, 1960. The same day, Christmas. From the cemetery records, I learned the name of the minister who had conducted Robert Blythe's service. I decided to call upon him. Yes, Mr. Mayo, poor Robert Blythe died an untimely death. Mrs. Blythe took it terribly hard, even though they hadn't been living together for some time. And though I tried to comfort her after the service, she was quite inconsolable. Had they been divorced? Oh, no, no. But there had been an annulment. There were irreconcilable differences, some of which, and I say this with utmost compassion for the departed, were largely due to Mr. Blythe's alcoholic problem and his gambling. Ella was a very brave woman. Well, Reverend, I uh, thank you for your time. I'll be going now. Well, won't you stay for a cup of tea? No, thanks. I have a feeling I don't have too much time for anything except the business at hand. I got in my car and raced back to the Stockton house, let myself in and went up to the room where I talked with Marie. It was a good thing I did because she had a visitor. William Milstead, no less. Oh, hello, Mr. Mayo. Hello, Milstead. Oh, I'm so glad you came back, young man. Mr. Milstead... I've just been trying to convince Miss Stockton she should leave with me. Why? Well, as I told you, Mr. Mayo, Miss Stockton is not competent to handle her own affairs. I want her to come with me to be registered at an institution where she can be cared for properly. This is no place for her to be living alone. I don't live alone. Ella takes care of me. She'll be back. Oh, Marie, Marie, your sister's been dead for years. You're living in a dream. Now, 
Let's get your things together and have done with this nonsense. No, you can't make me think I'm crazy. If what you're trying to do with Miss Stockton is proper procedure, you undoubtedly have a uh, court order. Mr. Mayo, I've been handling the affairs of the Stockton sisters for several years. My decision is the authority for this move. And Mr. Milstead, I'm a newcomer to the situation, I'll admit. But I won't permit you to remove Miss Stockton from her home without a court order to back you up. This is none of your damn business. It might be police business. And if you prefer, I'll gladly bring them into it. You'll regret this, Mr. Mayo. I'll leave now, but I'll get that court order, and I'll be back. I need a camera. Yes, I need a camera, and I, uh-huh. I'm going to, to right Afghan- I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Afghanistan to hunt rocks, and rocks. I need a small uh, camera that fits in the pocket so that takes mm-hmm. big, clear pictures. Good. I have exactly what you're looking for. I have six different models of the Kodak Pocket Instamatic camera. That's wonderful. I'm going to take the Native Railway for two weeks and then get off and walk for six months over sharp rocks. So I don't want anything big and bulky, but I... Uh Look, uh, I have a Kodak Pocket Instamatic 20. It weighs about four ounces. That sounds good. Uh What kind of rocks are you hunting? Diamonds. Oh, so am I. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic camera. Big, sharp, clear pictures from the camera that slips into your pocket. Six different models starting at less than $23. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic camera. One must be prepared to endure incredible hardships. Yeah. And then success is not inevitable. I've returned home many times empty-handed. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> Milstead wouldn't get a court order, but I knew he'd be back. And I knew Marie Stockton was no longer safe. I got her things together and took her to Sam Posen's flat above the delicatessen, where I knew Mrs. Posen would look after her. Then I called Larry Hayward, a friend of mine at the Homicide Division. I explained what I'd gotten myself into and asked him to send someone to meet me at the Stockton Mausoleum. Larry did better than that. He came himself. It was dark by the time we got there. This is not my idea of a way to spend a pleasant evening. Nor mine. Here, shine your flashlight over there. See? There are the two compartments I told you about. And you insist she didn't die in 1960? I'm positive. I went over Sam's slips and other notations. Ella Stockton was definitely a customer of his for some 11 years until three days ago. Anything else? As a matter of fact, yes. That day I went to Milstead's office, I happened to glance at the cornerstone of the entrance of the tower building. It didn't register then, but it did after I read the date on that marker over there. How come? Well, according to the marker, she died December 25th, 1960. That was Ella's handwriting on Milstead's business card, but the tower building wasn't built until 1963. She couldn't have been dead. Sounds pretty conclusive, but we'd better be damn sure. You better look in that coffin. Do you think we ought to get permission? It's a little late for that. After all, we got into this mausoleum with a passkey, so let's not get conscientious now. See? Empty. You're right. This is really weird. Sounds like a car heading this way. Snap off your light. Let me take a look. You're right. It is heading this way. Quick, help me close the doors. This works out fine. We can watch through the real murder. Whoever's driving has turned off the lights. 
man's getting out. He's opened the rear door. What in hell? He's dragging something from the back seat. It's heavy, whatever it is. It could be a body. He's heading right for us. It is a body. Now, look. No ad-libbing. Just do as I say. When he comes up the steps, he'll be off balance. So swing the door open and I'll cover him. Gotcha. Now. Stop where you are. Hey, who? Who are you? The police. Doug, take a look at his big bundle. You bet. Well, according to her description, I'd say it's the body of Ella Stockman. We finally put the pieces together. Milstead had milked the estate and was afraid Ella would start an investigation. So, when she confronted him at his office on the day she'd gone to ask for money, he'd done her in. He had a similar plan in mind for Marie the day I interrupted his attempt to get her to leave with him. The next day, I visited Sam Posen again. He had a question for me. Such a no good Nick that Milstead is. But what I'm asking, Doug, is why the marker on the tomb said Ella died on December 25th, 1960? Because she decided the day her husband died was the last day of her own life. He was all she lived for. That's why she became a recluse. She was no longer interested in human associations and never saw anyone after that except her sister. And what will become of Marie? Unfortunately, Milstead didn't milk the estate completely dry. Marie will be taken care of. Mm. And where Ella is gone, she too will be taken care of. Poor little Mashugana. Gotcha. Now that you got rid of the mosquito... Darn mosquito really bit me. Here's how to get rid of the stinging pain and itch. How? With camphorphenic. That awful itch is caused by fluid mosquitoes inject under your skin. The penetrating action of camphorphenic gets to the cause to stop the itch. Protects against infection from scratching, too. That camphorphenic really works. Camphorphenic relieves the sting and stops the itch instantly. Camphorphenic. Maybe your car should be two cars, one for everyday driving and another for heavy loads like carpools or towing trailers. The Monroe Max Air Air Adjustable Shock Absorber supports you on a column of air, and it's infinitely adjustable for the lightest loads to the heaviest. It's like having two cars in one. So see your Monroe dealer and ride the air. Monroe Max Air Air Adjustable Shock Absorbers. Serling. Close your eyes, exercise your imagination, and join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. Some people die only once is a radio drama adapted by Glenn Hall Taylor. Dick Sargent was heard as Doug Mayo. Featured in the cast were Jack Edwards, Treva Frazzi, Peter Leeds, and Jim Bowles. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Collis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System. This is Mutual. Your news and sports radio network.